You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. Hey, I want to tell you about my book entitled Satan, Demons, and You. Hi, this is Charles Rodas. I want to give you a few testimonies of others that have read this book. One is by Pastor Larry G. He says, great book. I have used these methods many times in Jesus' name. I appreciate this book very much. Another one by He Chose Me says, If you want to understand the enemy and how to fight a spiritual battle, this book will help you. This book with the scriptures to confirm what is written. Very easy to read. And another testimony by Shelley says, Every Christian needs this book. This man has great knowledge and understanding. I have read this book many times. Well, my friend, you can get this paperback or the Kindle edition on Amazon. Go there now and read more about it. Blessings. Amen. We serve a great and mighty God. The Lord is truly in His place tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just lift our hands again and love Him. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, you're worthy, Lamb of God. Oh, hallelujah. Shalom. And you may be seated. Praise team did awesome tonight. Just a wonderful presence of the Lord here. Amen. I've got a message for you tonight, but before I give you that, I'm going to give you a commercial. I'm going to give you a Word of God commercial. Now, I didn't give this to the media team, but um, grab your Bibles. Look at Proverbs 29:18. I'm just going to show you something real quick. It'll be a blessing to you, something I learned a little while back through study and so forth, but it might be a little intriguing, might be a little different to you. Maybe you all know it. I just don't know that you know it, but that's okay. Proverbs 29, 18. I'm going to read that in the King James Version, and then I'm going to read that in the English Standard Version. I'm going to show you something. Real popular verse. We, we've all preached from it. Probably every preacher in here, I've preached from it. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And and there's nothing wrong with the way we've preached it. But I'm going to show you something a little deeper in what God is actually saying in this verse. And studying the Hebrew and looking at some other versions. We preach about a vision as in a goal, um, planning, Things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's biblical. So don't think I'm down on that or criticizing that. But when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And every level of truth that I can get, Pastor Ron, I want to get. Because that's going to advance me just a little bit further in his kingdom. But if you look at the English Standard Version, you probably don't have that with you. But I'll read it to you. But you might want to look it up, and you might want to take, take a look at this later. In the ESV, it says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Now, if you look at the King James Version, part A and part B, the way it's, the way it's worded, doesn't even go together. 
it doesn't even sound like it's the same verse. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. That doesn't even go together. But when you read the but when you read the ESV and some other versions, and when you begin to look at the Hebrew, in this verse, it takes us to another level. Not, not a goal, but the actual, but an actual prophetic vision. In other words, when the gifts of the Spirit in operation, when the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, when the discerning of spirits or dreams and visions are in operation to reveal something, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Churches that do not believe in the prophetic, their fear of God is not where it should be. But when a man of God, let's say an evangelist walks in here and he's mildly used of God in the gifts of the Spirit and revelation gifts, and you know he's coming, you start checking your life a little bit more. You kind of just examine yourself a little bit deeper than you did without him being. You know he's coming. Why? Because you know he can read your mail. Yeah, you know he can read you. And that's what it's talking about. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. They kind of live a little bit more loose. <clears throat> the second part of the verse in the ESV goes with it perfectly. But blessed is he who keeps the law. In the King James Version, it doesn't even go together because it's got kind of a mis, misguided meaning there in the original Hebrew. So years ago I, when I was pastoring, there was a, a couple that had came in and received the Holy Ghost and they were baptized. And at some time later, they, they began to bring a guest with them, a lady. And, and uh, to, just to show you an example there, there was a rumor going around that there was an affair going on with the man and this woman. And they hadn't had the Holy Ghost very long, a year or something. I just didn't believe it. I did not believe it. I mean, they, they did not match. I mean, in no way, no how. I just, just, they just, no, I just, somebody's just talking. They're just talking. But the Lord gave me a dream. And he showed me exactly that it was true, that they were together. And I approached him kindly about it, and guess what? They never came back because it was true, and they wound up getting married. And they wound up getting a divorce. But this type of thing is when this is going on in a church, I'm talking about the prophetic gifts, and men and women can operate in this. I'm telling you what, it will change the face and operation of a church it will change the, the way people act. I can go on with more examples. I'm not going to. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. I just wanted to show you this verse, how powerful this is when you dig a little bit in what it's really saying. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Let's stand one more time. Let's lift our hand. We're going to get into the word of the Lord tonight. What I believe that God has truly given me. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. Thank you for your people. Thank you for this great congregation. Thank you for your presence in this house. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do in the next few minutes. And we give you praise. Could we clap our hands to the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. Grab your Bibles. Let's read Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I'm going to preach about hearing brings expectation. Hearing brings expectation. Somebody say expectation. Oh, hallelujah. You can be seated. There's something about expectation when we get it Oh, when we just get that expectation in God. Now, you can have an, a bad expectation. You can go to the doctor and hear the report, and you can have a fearful uh, expectation. You could be scared. You could whatever, and you could have a lot of negative expectations. But when we hear the word of the Lord, oh, I'm telling you, we can have a faithful expectation an expectation of faith. Why? Because faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. 
In Galatians 3, 5, he therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Listen, Paul's asking a question here. The the answer is obvious. Uh, But he that ministers to you the Spirit and he that works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law? Or does he do it by the hearing of faith? I'm telling you, the obvious answer is he does it by the preaching of faith, by the speaking of faith, by the teaching of faith. And God is loosed to perform the miraculous. Why? Because the faith of the people in the hearts of the people begin to rise because hearing brings expectation. Let's all say that again. Hearing brings expectation. I just think we need to stand again. I think we just need to stand again, and we just need to lift our hands, and we need to invite the Spirit of the Lord to minister to us right now. Oh, God has been working. Let's just not let it just dwindle down now. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands. Let's lift our voice and invite the Lord. Say, Lord, I need you tonight. I'm expecting you to do something in my body. I'm expecting you to do something in my spirit. I'm expecting you, Lord, to touch me, to touch my mind. Oh, Lord, to remove everything from me that's hindering me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I believe you are a present help in the time of trouble. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for your word here tonight. Can we clap our hands again with a good, strong hand clap unto the Lord. Hallelujah. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, with the voice of triumph, not the voice of defeat. If you have felt defeated, today you need to shout with the voice of victory. Hallelujah. That word hallelujah needs to be your battle cry. I said hallelujah needs to be your battle cry. When the devil hears you shout that, he knows you're coming. You're not laying down to to die. You're not laying down in defeat, but you're standing for victory. You're standing, oh, you're standing for victory. Hearing brings expectation. You may be seated if you want to. So Mark 11, 22. Eleven twenty-two and reading through 24. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. You know, the devil, he, he does everything he can to make having faith in God so difficult. He just wants to make it difficult for us. He, he just wants to paint it as an impossible picture. How do I believe God so that I can get my miracle right here and right now? How can I believe God? How can I get a hold of faith? How can I do that? And the devil wants to paint, paint this negative picture, but I'm telling you, it's easier than any of us even understand. It's easier than I understand. God did not make it difficult to believe. He did not make it difficult to get a miracle. God can do anything tonight. He can heal your broken leg. He can heal your pain pain in your back. He can heal the deaf ear and the blind eye and diabetes and high blood pressure. He can remove tumors and cysts and polyps. God can do anything right here in this service tonight. And no doubt there are needs here. I don't know what they are, but no doubt there are needs that have not even been spoken. But we serve a God that is a present help in the time of trouble. Come on, I said he's a present. Somebody say he's a present help. Come on, if you got disease in your body, he's a present help tonight. He's a right now. Somebody, he say, he's a right now God. He's a right now God. He don't want his bride suffering. No, 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 he don't want his bride suffering. 
He don't want his bride sick. He wants her well. I'm telling you what, it's the will of God to be healed. It's the will of God to be well. It's the will of God to feel good. It's the will of God that depression goes and never comes back. It's the absolute will of God. See, Brother Rodas, how can you be so sure? Because I've read the book. I said, I've read the book. And I know what the book says. You can't convince me otherwise. I read it from cover to cover. I know what it says, and I'm convinced of it. God wants you well. God wants you healed. Jesus went about teaching in the synagogues. He went about in the streets. He went about in the lakefront. Everywhere he went, he was teaching and preaching faith. And people were healed, and people were delivered constantly, over and over, casting out devils, healing the sick always. This was the ministry of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus was healing the sick and driving out the devil. Of course, we've dumbed down sickness and disease and demons to, you know, medical terminology. I understand that's what we've done. The medical world has done that, and we've grown up believing that. But I'm telling you, a lot of this stuff that we face today is nothing but devils in disguise. I said they're devils with a mask, and sometimes you just got to say, devil, you got to go. You got to say, sickness, I'm not having you anymore. Depression, you got to go. I'm going to fight against you. The blood is on your side. Somebody say the blood's on my side. It is. The blood's on your side tonight. Have faith in God. For verily I see unto you, whosoever, somebody say whosoever. Could that mean you? I mean, really, could it mean you? You. I'm talking about you in here tonight. Could it mean you? For whosoever. shall say, say the word say, say. If you can say it, you've got to be able to say it. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. What mountain? Mountains have names. There's Mount Everest, right? Is that the tallest mountain in the world? One of the tallest or the tallest? But there's mountains in your lives. Mountains called cancer, mountains called diabetes, mountains called depression, all kinds of mountains we face. But if he said, if you can say to the mountain, you've got to say, not at the mountain, not say it to God, but you've got to speak to the mountain. He wants you talking to the mountain. Oh, God, please, God, do that. Oh, God, please. No, no, no. God's never going to do it that way. He's not going to turn or twist his word. He's given us a plan, and he showed us in his word the way to get it done. But when you speak to the mountain, that's why when you lay hands on the sick up here, don't come up here asking God to do something. Oh, God, heal Johnny. Oh, God, heal Susie. You're wasting your time. Speak to their mountain. Speak to it. Keep your eyes open. Oh, the devil hates when you keep your eyes open when you're praying for somebody. He hates it. He, oh, God wants you bold. Keep your eyes open when you're praying for somebody. That's right. Keep your eyes open. Be bold and speak to the mountain. Speak to that devil. Speak to that sickness. Speak to that depression. March 2nd's my birthday, coming up. I was born again in 1980. Holy Ghost, how many years is that, Pastor Ron? 43. 43 years with the Holy Ghost. It's about time I cast out some devils. It's about time we all cast out some devils. They not, may not be possessing you, but sometimes they get in our presence. Sometimes they get in our atmosphere. Sometimes they get in our thinking, and they want to depress us, and they want to talk to us. And so if somebody would broke into my house, he may not be on the inside of me, but guess what? I'm going to do what I can to cast him out where he came in. I'm going to get him out of my house. That's right. I got a nine millimeter. So hopefully he runs when I point it at him. While I'm saying, in Jesus' name. That's right. That's right. There's power in the name of Jesus. (laughs) 
Thank you, Lord. I don't carry it with me. Matter of fact, I've never even shot it. But I've got one. Watch this. Watch this. This is key. That whosoever shall say, unto this mountain be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Watch this. The next five words, six words. And shall not doubt in his heart. That's our problem. Pastor Mitch, that's where we fall short. Come on, that's where we fall short. We don't even realize so many times that we have doubt in our heart. We have doubt and we don't realize it. Come on. We have doubt and we don't realize it. <clears throat> and shall not doubt in his heart. If the mountain did not go and the mountain is not going and you've been at it for a long time, I would say we can't blame God. I must take the blame myself. I, I cannot say God is not doing it and God is not honoring his word. I must take responsibility and say my faith has got to come up another rung. My faith has got to get a little higher. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm honest with myself. This is how I think. God cannot lie. If God says something, he will do it. But he's looking for a believer. He's looking for a believer. And you gotta get on healing ground. You gotta have healing faith. You gotta have you gotta have delivering faith to get delivered. Otherwise, that thing just keeps at you, torments you, and rides your back and rides your mind, and you can never get away from it. But when you can say, I'm tired and sick and tired of being tired. Amen. I'm telling you what, you can have a faith that'll get you to overcome and tonight is somebody's night. Tonight is somebody's night. Tonight is somebody's night for victory. Somebody's going to be healed tonight. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray. Watch it. Another key. Another key phrase by Jesus. We read over it. We don't get it. Right here in verse 24. What things soever you desire when you pray. Somebody say, when you pray. Now say, when I pray. When I pray, I'm supposed to believe. That's right. The moment you pray, you're supposed to believe that at that moment, you are receiving. Not going to receive, receiving right now when you're praying. You're praying now, you're receiving now. That's got to be where your faith is. That's what Jesus said. When you pray, believe you receive. That's it. That is so key. That is so vital. That is so vital. We got to meditate upon these things. We've got to give ourselves wholly to them. Your faith must not consider natural limitations. Your faith, real faith, will not consider natural limitations. Mm -mm, it will not. No, 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 no. See, hearing brings expectation. And tonight, there is an expectation. I've come in here with expectation. It's not what I can do, but it's what he can do. I'm not in competition with anybody, ever. I, I, I'm not a political person at all. I, I, don't, I don't care about that. I hate that. I, I want no part of that. No, 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 no. There are some things that are, in a sense, political, and it has to be that way. But there are some things that are political that's just not right with God. And I want my heart right. I want my spirit right. I don't want anything hindering my faith. I don't want anything hindering the miracle. I don't want anything hindering my healing. Come on, I don't want anything hindering the deliverance. Tonight is your night. Tonight is your night. Tonight, if you believe that, tonight truly is your night. Oh, hallelujah. Just wave your hands right now to the Lord. <clears throat> hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <clears throat> come on, come on, let's praise him a moment. Come on, let's entertain his presence. There's angels in this place right now. Come on, I said there's angels in the house right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Shout out Baha. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, Jesus. I'm believing you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. Oh, come on. Come on now, we gotta, we're got we going to have to believe God right here tonight. He's a present help. Put your hand on your head. Put your hand up here on your head. The battle that you have fought, the battle that you're facing right now, the battle that's in your mind right now, the battle, come on, the battle in your mind. I take authority over it in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every oppression. I take authority over every demonic power, every attack of the enemy. I bind right now. I bind you. I bind you now. You're attacking God's people. You're attacking God's people. Holy Ghost filled people. Oh, yes, you are, you lying devil. I bind you now in the name of Jesus. Get out of their mind. Get out of their thoughts. You condemning thoughts. Bringing up the past in their minds. Bringing up past mistakes and failures and sins. You lying spirit, I command you to go. I command you in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands now and shout Jesus. Come on, shout Jesus. Come on, shout. If you want it, you're going to have to shout for it. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, shout Jesus. The Holy Ghost is the door to the supernatural. If you've got the Holy Ghost today and that door is going to be opened by your faith, you're going to have faith that's going to open that door to the supernatural. You've got the Holy Ghost, you've got more power than you can ever imagine inside of your human body right now. You've got more power, I've got more power than I can possibly imagine. And I imagine a whole lot, believe me. <laughs> Amen. And you better start imagining how much power is in you because God wants to use you. God wants to use every single person in here. Come on, when you go to the store, when you go to the gas station, you ought to see every single individual out there as a ministry opportunity as a ministry opportunity. Oh, come on now. We need to go out there in the stores and wherever we go and every person you don't know, they are a ministry opportunity right here and right now, wherever you are. That's right. My wife said to me a couple weeks ago in the store, she said, she said, I got to get home. I got to get home. We was checking out because she, she, she just thought maybe I was going to start ministering to somebody there to check out. And I might have. I, I just, just was just, you know, thinking on that. Uh, but she said, I got to get home. I got to get home. I said, okay, all right. So I just got home. <laughs> we just went home, didn't we? But that's all right. Sometimes you just got to do what your wife says. Because your wife knows best. Sometimes. <coughs> Hearing brings expectation. If you'll hear the word tonight, know that your Holy Ghost inside you is that door to the supernatural. Come on, your faith is going to open that door. And when that door opens, the pain in your body will stop. The diabetes will end. The high blood pressure will will end. Come on, come on. Your eyes, your ears, uh, your body will function correctly and perfectly. Come on now. We're all waiting. We're all in a battle. We're all being attacked. But I'm telling you, when we get our faith up to par, nothing shall be impossible unto them that believe. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. If you can believe, if you can believe, nothing shall be impossible to you. Let me say this to the church planners. Some years ago, I was talking to somebody from South America somewhere. I can't remember who it was. It's been some five, ten years ago. I'd never forget that conversation. But he he was talking about he was talking about in in that country where they are the apostolic churches. It's like when they start up, they go to like an average of four hundred people overnight. It's just, it's just kind of an expected thing. They're, it's just where they are. It's just what happens. And I thought, 
that's an expectation. That's an expectation. We begin to expect something. We begin to expect something to happen. And that expectation, uh, come on, it takes us further. Why? Because, uh, because it's faith. Faith is basically an a, a expectation in action. So, did you know it took faith for you to receive the Holy Ghost? Now, every man, the Bible says, was dealt a measure of faith, right? So in other words, you were allotted a little bit of faith when you were born. Some choose to use it to not believe in God. Some choose to believe in Allah. Some choose to believe in uh, other things. But you chose to use that little faith to receive the Holy Ghost, you receive the Holy Ghost not because of somebody giving it to you. Nobody gave it to you. The preacher may have preached about it. Somebody may lay hands on you. But you had to believe it in your heart that it was for you. Did you know the Holy Ghost is the greatest miracle that is happening today? There's no miracle. I don't care if five people got up out of wheelchairs and five more blind were healed and five more deaf were healed and five more cancers that were laying on cots dying at the very moment they got healed. I'm telling you, receiving the Holy Ghost is the greatest miracle that can happen. And how many of you have received that greatest miracle? Just lift a hand up. Come on now, look at, look at how many of you today <clears throat> that have received this wonderful miracle of the Holy Ghost. Now let me show you something. You receive that Holy Ghost with that little smidgen of faith that God gave you. But when the Holy Ghost came in, he brought something with it. He brought nine fruit, fruit of the Spirit. And one of those fruit is called faith. The fruit of faith. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So when you receive the Holy Ghost because of your little faith that God dealt to you when you were born, then when you were born again, and when you were born again of the Spirit, he gave you a fruit of faith. Now that fruit of faith was added to your measure of faith. Now think about how much faith you've got. Think about how much faith you have now. You had the greatest, you had enough faith to receive the greatest miracle there ever was without this fruit of faith. And now you have the Holy Ghost with the fruit of faith on top of that original faith. That's exactly the truth. That's exactly how it works. That's right. So this fruit of faith has boosted your overall faith. <clears throat> now, if you could receive the Holy Ghost without the fruit of faith, what in the world can you do now with that original faith and now the fruit of faith together working in your life? If we could only take and believe like God wants us to, there's no telling. This is why so many miracles can happen because God, Jesus said, he, uh, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. Greater works. Now, the Holy Ghost was not yet given at that time. Some say that he was referring to the Holy Ghost, because receiving the Holy Ghost is the greatest, uh, greatest miracle. And Jesus never laid hands on anybody in the physical, and they received the Holy Ghost. He never did that because the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Some say he was talking about that, and that may be part of it, absolutely. Uh, but also, this greater works could be in numeral, in, 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 in a uh, mass, can I say, because Jesus was limited to about three years of ministry, and now this church worldwide, this Jesus-named church, is doing Miracles everywhere through the name of Jesus. <clears throat> now, in the Old Testament, in 2 Kings, there was an, a wicked king that began to uh, just talk smack down to Israel, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do that, and he had 185,000 soldiers. 185,000 soldiers this wicked king did, and he was, going to, he was going to attack Israel. He was talking all this junk to Israel, 
and God sent an angel. God decided to send an angel over to the camp of, these, uh, of this wicked king, and one angel, one angel killed 185,000 soldiers. Uh-huh. One angel, at one night, he killed 185,000 soldiers. One angel. Not God, an angel. But my question is, if one angel can kill 185,000 men in one night, what in the world is this Holy Ghost inside of us? What can it do tonight inside this place in one night? In one night. If God had an angel kill 185,000 people, how much more? What can we do? What can God do? What what will we allow God to do tonight, uh, amen, that is greater than killing 185,000 of enemy soldiers? Oh, hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and love the Lord right now? Thank you, Jesus. Just thank the Lord. Can we lift our voice just a little bit here? Hallelujah. My God is able right now, right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Is Jesus in your boat? I know Jesus is in my boat. Hallelujah. Jesus was in the boat with the disciples. Where were they at on the lake of Gennesaret or something like that? And Jesus got tired. Jesus went down to the bottom of the boat. It must have been a nice boat. had a lower level with a bed. (laughs) It was more than a rowboat. But he went down there, and the Bible said that he lay upon the pillow, and he went to sleep. And his 12 disciples were up there, and they were just going along, and all of a sudden, the wind picked up. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, the wind just picked up and started blowing. Jesus is down, asleep in the bottom of the boat. Next thing you know, uh, lightning, they see it in the distance. I mean, it's just cracking, just Next thing you know, thunder is just pounding near their boat. And the wind is picking up more. And now the boat is rocking and it's raining. And it's raining so hard, it's like sideways, you know. It's not raining cats and dogs. It's like raining cows and mules. I mean, it's just raining really, really hard. And the boat is filling with water. And uh, the water is coming over the sides and the front. And it's rocking back and forth. And the thunder is really loud. And the lightning now is cracking all around them. And they're afraid. And Jesus is asleep. <clears throat> and finally, someone decides, I got to go wake up Jesus because we're all about to drown. This storm is going to kill us. This storm is going to take control, and we're all going to die here in the next few minutes. And was it Peter? Somebody went down to where Jesus was. And Jesus was still asleep, and all the lightning and all the thunder and the, and the boat going back and forth, and no doubt water even down there where Jesus was. Everything was filling up. Jesus, we perish. Don't you care that we perish? Jesus woke up and said, oh, you have little faith. <clears throat> Jesus is not going to respond to your storm. He's not going to respond to your situation. He's not going to respond to your sickness, your disease, your depression. But what he's going to respond to, he's going to respond to you crying out to him. He's going to respond to you crying out to him. Come on, he ignored the entire storm. He slipped right through it until somebody said, Jesus, we perish. I need help. We're going to die. And sometimes you just got to get a little bit more desperate than you were last time. Sometimes you got to make up your mind a little bit more. I'm going to have to wake up the master. Why isn't he coming to my aid? The storm is bad. Everything is ready to go down. Anybody getting a revelation tonight? I prayed, Pastor Brother Rodas, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and it hasn't happened yet. Hallelujah. It's all right. That's all right. Doesn't matter how many times you prayed. How many times have you believed? Oh, thank you, Lord. Lift our hands and love the Lord right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, miracles are in the house right now. Miracles are in this house right now. Come on. Come on, they're hovering. The angels of the Lord are here. The angels of the Lord are peering right now. They're watching. They're watching your responses. 
They're listening to you. They're listening to me. Come on, come on. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So Jesus steps out on the boat of the bow of the boat. He steps out there where everything's crashing and waves and lightning and thunder. And he said, peace be still. Peace be still. The peace, I believe he was speaking to the disciples. Comma, be still. The storm stopped. I believe he spoke peace to them before he stopped the storm. You may be in the storm, but he wants you to have peace. I believe the comma separated who he was talking to. Peace, comma, be still. Everything stopped. Everything stopped. The, the, the sky suddenly cleared up. The, 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 the waves stopped, and it was just clear sailing. Yeah. He wants you to have peace even when you're going through the storm. That's right. The newest Christian, the newest Christian in here, the person in here that's had the Holy Ghost the least amount of time, the, the newest person that's been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost in this place tonight, you can walk in victory. It doesn't take you to be a 10 or 20 or 30 year seasoned veteran, amen, to walk in victory. God has called you to deliverance. He's called to fix your life. He's called to put the pieces of the puzzle together in your life. He's called to give you peace in your mind and heal your body. <clears throat> let me quickly reiterate. Oh, time's getting late. I'm almost done. But let me quickly reiterate. I testified a couple weeks ago on my, what do you call it, 180 or I want to call it 360. 180. But I went so fast because I was trying to get some scripture in. But for about two and a half, Two, two and a half years I've been going and getting injections in my wrist. My right hand was pretty bad wrist. I injured it doing some yard work with some bricks. I was throwing bricks into a pile, and the doctor said I tore uh, a TCFF or something, um, a lig not a ligament, but whatever it was, and in pain a lot. Always fist bumps, right? Fist bumps? How many of you have given a fist bump to? Because I could go home and after shaking about five hands and on Monday and Tuesday and several days, my hand would be hurting pretty bad. Maybe hurting a week just from shaking hands with people. But I went for an MRI and I had made up my mind, okay, uh, I'm going to have this surgery if, if it, you know, if need be. I just made up my mind. I gotta, I, I'm tired of the pain. I'm on my way to the hospital to have the MRI for him to see where exactly the tear is. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I don't want to have this surgery, but I'm going to have it if need be because I'm tired of the pain. I said, if you would, just don't let them find any tear in that MRI. I had the MRI. Things are expensive. A couple days later, we got an email. You know how they do nowadays. They send you an email with the results. My wife read it to me, no tear, no pain, no pain. I've been shaking hands, hallelujah, no pain. Doesn't matter how many hands I shake, I go home and I still don't have pain. Hallelujah. I went to the doctor, my doctor's appointment, I thought about not going, but I just went just to see what he would say. He said, well, I haven't looked at it. He pulled it up on the screen, he stretched it out, he enlarged it. He said, okay, let me see. And he said, have any tear at all? You well, no, no, you don't, no, there's nothing there. You don't have any tear at all. You, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. I, I tell you, the Lord is our healer. I said, the Lord hears our prayer. Come on, I said, he's a miracle-working God. He is a present help. He's in my boat. And when I'm in the storm, I'm going to wake him up. I said, I'm going to wake him up. A little bit more, 9.22 of Matthew. 
in reference to the woman with the issue of blood. She heard Jesus, heard about him evidently. I don't know if she ever heard him, but she must have been hearing. Somebody say hearing. Hearing builds expectation. See, when someone in her condition, see the Mosaic law or the Levitical law had There were certain rules and regulations, and a woman in her condition, she was not even allowed to be out in public. She was not even allowed to go into town and sit on a bench. She had to stay in private. She had to stay away from people. But somewhere, somehow, she'd been hearing about this Jesus, and hearing builds expectation. Hearing, I said, builds expectation, and she'd been hearing about this Jesus, And no doubt she got to the crowd where he was, and she said within herself, a massive crowd, maybe hundreds around Jesus, she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she said within herself, nobody prayed for, she just said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, because she'd been hearing all these rumors, she said, I will be made whole. If I can just touch Oh, the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. That's what she said. And what are you saying tonight? You've got to say something similar to that. Your faith has got to, your faith has got to turn loose and take hold. <clears throat> he responds to faith. It's impossible to have healing faith and not get healed. I said it's impossible to have healing faith and not get healed. He's not a teaser. You can't read anywhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John where Jesus ever turned someone away that had faith. I can show you where he walked by people that didn't have faith, even the crowd that was thronging him at the moment. Many of them, no doubt, didn't have healing or miracle faith. They were just looking for a spiritual handout But this woman had faith in her heart. And when she got through that crowd, suffering was it 12 long years, no doubt anemic, no doubt extremely weak, no doubt couldn't even walk up a hill without sitting down to rest, losing blood all those years. But when she just touched the little tassel, maybe down on her all fours, and she touched Jesus, said, who touched me? The disciples said, Lord, with all these people touching you, what do you mean? Who touched me? Because somebody touched him with faith. Somebody touched him with faith. And she felt something in herself. And Jesus felt the virtue go out of him. It went out of his body into her. And she was instantly made whole. God wants to heal the sick. God wants to heal high blood pressure. He wants to heal diabetes. He wants to heal and remove the tumors and the lumps and the cysts. He wants to do it. He wants to do all of these things. Amen. But we just get our faith a little higher. Amen. That's what we're trying to do tonight. Amen. Just, just, just trying to get our faith a little more, just a little up a little bit more because hearing brings expectation. And our expectation gets a little higher. Anything can happen. But Jesus turned him about and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Now, Sister Bobby put on realm how that she was healed of a headache and how she was <clears throat> uh, hadn't had one in two weeks and, and, and her blood pressure had been normal for two weeks and she put on there. But you know what healed Sister Bobby? Just using that little example, her faith healed her. It wasn't somebody's prayer. Now we're supposed to pray and we're supposed to believe, but I would accredit to her 100%. Uh, amen. Her faith had made her whole. Her faith healed the headaches. Her faith healed that high blood pressure. Come on, and your faith tonight can do the exact same thing for you. 
Now, in this verse, Matthew 9, 23, or 22 rather, Jesus said, thy faith hath made thee whole. So I'm saying it correctly. Then in Mark 5, 34, Jesus said again, thy faith hath made thee whole. In Mark 10, 52, Jesus again said, thy faith hath made thee whole. In Luke 8, 48, Jesus again said, thy faith hath made thee whole. In Luke 17, 19, again, he said, thy faith hath made thee whole. There's something about when you believe God, God cannot pass you by. I said he cannot. You say, well, I believe in Brother Rhoda. But it's, but it's possible to believe, but, not en- but just not have enough faith. Because the man said to Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. And Jesus did. It was true. The man had faith, but for some reason he figured out that it wasn't where it should be. And he confessed it to Jesus. And God gave him a miracle. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We're going to pray here again in a minute. We've got to ignore everything we see and feel in the natural. Ignore everything you see and feel in the natural. The five senses lead to death. The five senses lead to sickness. The five senses lead to illness. The five senses lead to depression. Come on, just turn on the news and you'll, get, you'll feel that for a little while. Come on now. But I'm telling you what, when you, when you get that sixth sense, when you get that faith going, oh, your faith is going to lead to life. Your faith is going to lead to healing. Your faith is going to lead to deliverance. Your faith is going to remove some things tonight that you don't want in your life because your faith will make you whole. getting ready to end right here. The woman with the issue, like I said, heard. She heard. Somebody say she heard. And she was healed. The ten lepers heard, and they were healed. Zacchaeus heard, and his life was changed. The centurion heard, and his servant was healed and brought to life. A blind Bartimaeus heard, and he received his Sight, the woman that washed the feet of Jesus, her life after she heard was changed. The man with the lunatic son heard and believed also, and the son was delivered. The multitudes heard, and in one place, the Bible says that he healed every one. He healed everyone, he cast out every evil spirit, he healed every sickness and every disease, and there is a faith, and there is a faith that can cause every sickness, disease, and torment in the house in one night to be healed. If, if an angel can come and kill 185,000 soldiers that God sent to do so, I'm telling you what, faith tonight is stronger than an angel because God backs our faith. And if we'll believe tonight, let's all stand. If we'll believe tonight, nothing shall be impossible to you. Nothing shall be impossible to me. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.